today's episode is brought to you by Pure VPN. Whether you're streaming, browsing, or just looking for a little more online security, Pure VPN has you covered. Rated 4.8 stars by TruePilot and seen on Wired, Yahoo Tech, The Huffington Post, and Lifehacker, Pure VPN offers blazing fast VPN services at an affordable price. Pure VPN also has features like internet kill switch, split tunneling, and the capacity to allow 10 devices per account, as well as 24-7 customer support. Right now, they're even offering a 7-day full access trial for just 99 cents and an additional 40% off their monthly subscription service. Use the link in the show notes to secure this deal and your online activity today. Well, I look up my movie really fast. You know, I got to look up mine, and it looks like we're recording, so... We are recording. Don't worry, I'll hold us until you can look yours up. Thanks, I'll man. I'll just keep talking. I'll say anything. Or, do we still, uh, sound check? Is this, Dude, is this sound check? Is this going to be on the cast? Did you like my little sound check in front of the Lord of the Rings episode? <laughs> yeah. That's the first time we've sound checked in a very long time. That's kind of crazy. That was like our thing. We've just matured so much as men, podcasters, humans. We haven't matured. It's literally the inconvenience of sound checking with Skype. Unless we absolutely (laughs) have to, like we did with a third guest. We're like, you and me, we're like, this is going to work. We've done this before. With a third person, we're like, let's check. Mm, Uh, But when we're in person, it's just way funner to do it. It is. It's way. It's way more fun, dude. Like, just reflecting right now on all the times that like you and me did a double episode or just one long episode, and I got really drunk and like barded all the way to Oakland and then walked home and would like get into fucking adventures because I was drunk in Oakland at like midnight. Those are good times. You miss those days. Yeah, you. I just took it all for granted, you know? Dude, me too. And, like, I took our couch for granted. I don't ever sit on that couch anymore. And Fal's like, why do you still have that thing? I'm like, I'm emotionally attached to the pod <laughs> couch. Yeah, God. She wants to get rid of it? She just thinks it, like, clutters up the place. And I'm like, She's no. right. She's, she's right. She's right. But... It's the perfect setup. It's perfect. It's a good couch. If we had a, a ton of money to get a studio, would we do it? Yeah. You think so? Okay. Well, they probably have couches as good as that one, you think? If we had a ton of money, like from the podcast, yeah. I would probably just live in a bigger house and one <laughs> of those rooms, one of those rooms would be converted into a sick ass studio. Ooh, well that's the play like that's what i want you know i don't want to pay additional rent for a for a like a studio i would yeah. just rather build one into my house and just be super comfortable and make it like cool and soundproof and have like movie posters everywhere and wow could that be a like a secret room like a you get in through a bookcase or whatever yeah. i would do that I uh, apparently there's a company that it's kind of expensive, but you can pay them to give you like a secret door. You're like 
take this door off and put a fucking painting in front of it or whatever and they'll they'll do it yeah because all that stuff's like custom carpentry work Mm -hmm. i knew a guy that used to be a carpenter and like you know his stuff was super expensive but it wasn't like hey build me an ikea bookshelf it was like you'd hire him to like do the wrap around bookshelves and stuff like custom woodwork and he would like build all of it by hand and it was like really legit so it was like super expensive but like he showed me pictures of his work i'm like oh like okay jeff bezos calm down (laughs) so sick one day that's my dream have that secret room uh i i just realized i don't know what movie you picked anyways what are what are we doing we are doing a podcast this is the alex and sterling watch stuff podcast this is where you this is where you go oh i thought you were taking it (laughs) (laughs) uh we're on our 101st episode and still don't got it um 102nd are we are we calling it 102nd because the the part two of number 100 was actually 101 yeah we'll do it that way okay i think so so that means this is the 102nd time i've said this no you've said it sometimes this is the 102nd time our audience has heard it uh this is where we watch drink review we watch different in movies and tv shows of all different caliber and then we get drunk and review those for you hell yeah simple but powerful cheers buddy Cheers, dude. Wait. Okay. Boom. I like how you said wait, and then you beat me to it. Like, wait, 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 clink. I'm like a little kid in a race. Stop, kid. <laughs> ten out, ten in. Oh. Such move. So, uh, we. I think we have to begin this tale with Zach Pat. Yes. It's also very important. It's crucial to, to today's episode. Um, so Zach Pat hit us up when? Like yesterday? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Uh, it must have been because I remember getting that while I was working. Uh, Zach found the, this amazing movie generator from Barstool Sports. Is that where it was from? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is honestly, in my opinion, perfection. Like it is the best way to find a movie. Uh, it had a bazillion different filters and stuff, and it was very fast and wasn't janky. It was amazing. So Zach said, I found the best movie generator, and I think you guys will like it. So then we said, well, let, how about we pick the movies for each other? Um, how do we, what do we, what were the parameters, the filters? So that's, so yeah, we like, you can either search very specifically for like mm-hmm. genres and subgenres and scores and length and all this stuff. But there's a randomized button, which is the coolest thing where you're like, you can set your parameters, you know, like uh, I want to watch an action movie that is less than two hours long and is rated, you know, at least like a 90. And then you hit randomize and it'll pop up with a movie and you're like, Oh, and if you don't want to watch that one, you hit randomize again and it'll come up with another one. And like yeah. that's the cool thing. So the only issue I came up with was 
I, I messed around with it a couple times before I sent you your three options. Mm-hmm. And on one of them, like, I don't remember exactly what I did, but I felt like I gave it some loose parameters. And it gave me two movies that kept, like, it was, one of them was The Empire Strikes Back, and it gave me that three times in a row. Oh, yeah. Now that you mention it, it happened to me too. And yeah. then I hit randomize again, and it gave me one other movie. And then I hit randomize, and it gave me Empire Strikes Back again. I'm like, okay, there's only two movies on this list. Like, that's I think not. We don't have enough movies yet. Yeah. So I'm sure it's going to be built out, but the the premise is super cool. So I think the parameters I used for you, uh, you mentioned time, and I didn't want to dick you because we watched Lord of the Rings, and you <laughs> mentioned it, and I was like, okay, I guess he doesn't want to watch a long movie. So I like shortened it to like, uh, probably two hours, something like that. Or yeah. oh like, yeah yeah it was like 100 120 minutes something like that like I put it like within that range mm-hmm. um to be like not as obnoxious and a score of 80 like an average score of 80 I was like I feel like that's good like we don't usually like stuff that's like top top and I don't want to mess with you and like <laughs> give you a score of like four <laughs> so I was like let me put it like 80 seems reasonable and that's how I came up with your three movies which were. I forget what they were. It was they are uh, Reservoir Dogs. No, wait, no, that's what I gave you. You gave me the report, Enter the Dragon, and Pacific Rim. Ooh, I'm excited to see what you picked. Uh, uh, because so you gave me Reservoir Dogs, Blind Spotting, and Inside Out. Yes. Uh, in our in like now that I'm looking at these movies, each list is very fucking completely different. Very different. So that part was cool. Um, I so I uh, did not pick the report because Katie said she had wanted to watch that, and I shat all over it. I was like, I'm not fucking watching that. And I was like, Hey, what if I watch this? And she's like, You better not watch that without me after you just shit on it. So like, All right, entered the dragon. Couldn't find it for free. My my go to will always be the one I can find for free first. Yep. And then I found fucking Pacific Rim on YouTube. Yes. Um, not like normal basic YouTube, but uh, I think it's because I'm on Dom's YouTube and he he has the movie, or it's like a YouTube movie and they just have it in their list. But I think he has Dom. it. Yeah, and I have seen uh, a bunch of different picks, uh, or or spots in Pacific Rim, but I've never watched it beginning to end. What? So I was, yeah, it's always been one of those ones that's like, have to watch that, have to, one day. But it's like not a top-tier movie, you know, just by the content, that it's not going to be like fucking Saving Private Ryan or whatever. Yes. So you know It's going to be somewhat shitty. It's, uh, it, the best way I could describe it is like a, basically like a Sharknado or Croctopus movie, but with a massive budget. Yeah. And that's it's, exactly I'm, right. I think it's fucking dope as shit because of that. Like, don't get me wrong. It was fucking sweet. But I, I can acknowledge when parts were hell of corny, cheesy, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it goes hand in hand because some of those parts were actually, like, my favorite also. <laughs> I love the, that movie, dude. Like, I think we saw it in college. I must have missed it because I 100% have not seen the whole thing. So you definitely went through a spurt where you were like, I don't want to do anything fun, guys. I need to study. Um, hey, you guys are hanging out. I'm going to be gone because I hate you. 
We had that all at one point. Most we did. most guys do it at the very end of the semester, though. Whereas I kind of did it in the beginning and then lost motivation through the end. Yeah. No, I I was definitely there. That's why I missed Game of Thrones and other cool shit you guys did, but whatever. <laughs> we If we uh, didn't have that moment, we'd all not have degrees. That's 100% correct. You know what? All these movies, it's funny. Now that we're talking about it, any movie that, like, between you, me, McCoy, Sean, have seen... Who am I missing? You, me, McCoy, Sean? I think that's it. Yeah. Between any of us, if one of us has missed a movie, it's probably... If the rest of us had seen that movie, it probably means that that person was studying at that time. They are stressed out about some project. And... Go diving further, I bet we could break it down by major, and you and me might have missed the same movies because we were the same major, and Sean and McCoy were the same major, so I bet they missed certain movies. Wow. <laughs> You're totally right. There's guaranteed to be some weird flow chart we can make of like yes. the timeline and and degrees that we had. And like we missed these movies because at this time Portolos had some crazy accounting project and it's like Oh, the Globals didn't have to do anything like that. <laughs> yes, bro. That's exactly what I'm saying. And wow. I bet we could do that. And I'm not here to shit on specific college majors. Uh, but I, if I'm going to reach here, I'm going to say that Globals had far less to do on average than we did. Just saying. I'm going to agree with you. What I will say is that they for sure had to write more papers. Yeah, and I'm not going to side with them on so that. I would have been railed in that department, I think. I was. <laughs> I, did, I did a lot of bad papers, but that's okay. Um, so who wants to go first? Uh, wait, what did you pick of your three movies? Oh, I picked Reservoir Dogs. I so was really hoping movies, to pick that. I, I had seen inside and i've always wanted to watch reservoir dogs but i've to be honest with you been like kind of intimidated by it oh i knew it was a tarantino movie i know it's legendary for whatever reason i expected it to be like three hours long it's actually a fast one dude it's pretty quick and i just like i've never just i've never watched it and i was like it was one of those movies that whenever i see it somewhere i'm like oh i need to watch that movie oh it's your uh, type of movie it it is and i had never heard of blind spotting but when i looked it up it sounded like a very interesting story and the mm-hmm. lead character is um thomas jefferson in hamilton oh shit i didn't know that so well, I looked it up real quick and I was like reading the description and I saw him and I'm like, oh, shoot, like that makes me want to watch it kind of like just him alone. Um, but I had to watch it last night because we got this assignment basically yesterday. And I was like, OK, I have to pick one of these movies. And Fowl was watching the Democratic Convention or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, yeah, watch whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to watch. And I was like reservoir dogs it is (laughs) so i threw that bad boy on um yeah i'm happy about that so me first you first uh i can go first because i really feel like 
uh, my movie's much more simple than yours is. If if that's okay with you. That's totally fine. I'm all about it. Uh, so this this plot is as ridiculous as it is awesome. It's cr- it's so crazy. Pretty much interdimensional monsters invade Earth, and and it's so funny, bro. I was thinking, man, how how hilarious would it be if like the year that all this is going on was 2020? It is. No, of it's not. It is. Yes, of course it fucking is. Oh my god. So ridiculous, bro. I, I didn't was even like, know that. I was like, this is such a joke. Like, how could this happen? <laughs> so, the the way we combat these fucking impossibly huge monsters is we just can suddenly make Gundams, just giant fucking battle robots that have to be piloted by two people because that something that complex and that huge. Uh, it like overwhelms your brain and you'll die if you if one person inhabits it. Have you seen that Japan made a Gundam? Yes, I listened to a podcast about it and it was fucking hilarious, bro. So, I don't doubt that the podcast was hilarious, but the fact that Japan has put what probably amounts to hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> into a I haven't seen it to scale, but what I'm assuming is probably like a 70-foot robot. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. a monster. And what's frustrating is you'll you'll see the title of the video when you go check it out, and it'll say, Giant Robot in Japan Walks. And you're going to be like, what? And then you go watch it, but it's really on a bunch of cables and shit. Oh. I know, yeah. massive letdown. On this so podcast. if the monsters do come, we're still screwed. Like we need we need them to hurry up and master this robot. Yeah, there's no way we're gonna. This is an alternate universe. There's no way we could do this at all. Even if everybody in the planet teamed up, dropped their shit, and started making giant killer robots, no way. I think we would more realistically. There's so many plot holes. A hundred times I'd, I'd have a quick thought. Oh my god, why don't they just do this? Why haven't they just done this? Why? Why did they wait so long to do this? Just all these things, but you can't you can't think about that. Like we were able to make robots just in time to fight these things, um, and the intro is super cool to me because it go it goes into a depth that I don't think you have to, but I'm so glad it did because it described like it described like the new world's culture with the constant threat of robots or uh, monsters. So the is sick. So the the monsters are called kaiju, which I want to say is a Japan an evil Japanese spirit, and the robots are called Jaegers, and R- Jaeger is German for hunter. So they're, they're like hunters of the monsters or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so in the beginning, like he's talking about the dates of when these things were coming, uh, how in the Pacific, that's why they call it Pacific Rim. Deep, deep down in the ocean, there were two tectonic plates that split open to serve as this, like, dimensional portal. That's where the portal plopped itself, so it split the plates. And now all these monsters come out, and they grade them kind of by, like, hurricanes of their intensity. So, like, that one's a category one, two, three, four. Uh, Four is the highest. Four is the most dangerous. And uh, they... The robots are super hard to pilot, so people who do it are are really famous and shit. And like, 
you can have like collectibles of the kaiju and the robots and stuff. Um, it's it's cool how they covered that because like that's fucking exactly what the world, uh, definitely what America would do. It's for sure what would happen. They they would monetize that immediately. Yeah. They're like, oh, this guy's won against you know as soon as he probably killed one monster, they'd be like, yeah, and then make a bunch of action figures. And then, like, two monsters, and they're like, he's undefeated! And then, like, yeah. kids would be wearing masks and stuff. Like, Yes, it would be a thing in a heartbeat. Uh, so, it was interesting, because it showed, it, like, quickly went over the, the beginning, the middle, and then the movie is, like, the end. So, the middle was, like, there's hell of robots all over the globe, and there are these rock stars, famous people that are good at taking out the fucking monsters. And then the monsters kind of evolve and get better, and they go on to be, like, level three and four. And the Ki- the Jaegers can't handle them, and they get fucked up, and it's no longer a safe option for people anymore. So they lose all their funding, and they fucking decide... Humanity decides that a fucking wall around the cities is the play, which is so stupid, like... Another plot point that I had a massive problem with, like, I I would be pumping every dollar, like, because it's the only thing I know that can kill the monsters, I'd be pumping every last dollar into it. If it's the only thing you have, it's the only thing you have. Yeah, 100%. And, like, as good of an idea as the wall is to, like, sort of preserve your average citizens in, like, their living areas, like, hey, let's build this monster wall. Pun intended, huh? Yeah. And, like, you know, hopefully all the fighting will happen on the other side of it. So we can send our guys over there, battle monsters, but this area stays safe. That can't be, like, your only line of defense, you know? It's, yes. And, like, if these monsters are Godzilla-grade crazy monsters, you gotta know that anything you can build can be smashed. Like, that's it. Absolutely. So it's a massive, massive plot hole. Uh, I think it was just a quick write-off to make it like make the stakes higher at the end because there's only like four Jaegers left because uh, the rest have been destroyed and they're not building anymore. Um, so in the beginning, our our main dude, he fucking is in a Jaeger fighting some crazy monster with his brother. It's cool, really, really cool. Uh, but they get fucked up, and the Jaeger goes to fucking karate chop the head and then pulls out the brother. Like, pulls the brother out of the the head where they're controlling the robot from. And it fucks the guy up. Like, not just physically, like, he's badly damaged, but mentally, because, like, you have to... In order to control this thing, your brain has to not only be linked to the, the machines, but has to, like, be linked with the other person so you can be one robot. Like, two little people make one big robot. Uh, so they had to work together. So like, it, it felt like he died basically. Uh, <laughs> so he died basically is what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah, he, he it fucked him up real bad. And then uh, fast forward, he's one of the people building the wall, and then his old uh, generals like, "I need you. You need to come back and fight for the cause." And he's like, "I don't want to." And then he's like, "As I'm, I'm like." paraphrasing but he was basically like it seems like we're all gonna die do you want to die out here or do you want to die in a jaeger <laughs> he's like 
Oh, why? How are you going to say no to that? Yeah, I want to die in a Jaeger, sir. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> You're going. Uh, fucking, I'm trying to tackle the pin- the main plot points, because, like, a lot of it is just fluff. Uh, there's this girl, and her name is, like, Mako or something. She's kind of the adopted kid by the captain, and she- he doesn't want her to be in a robot because uh, she's like his daughter and it's ridiculous because of course she's top of the class she's the greatest ever and yeah, like if it was anyone else he would be like recruiting her oh but yeah it's because of their relationship he's like no you're not allowed yeah and uh the our main guy's like well she's got to be the one so get over your shit and then he does and then they have a bit of a freak out because when they do the first mind meld, it's – I love it. They, I think they call it a cerebral or mental handshake or something. It's sick. Uh, yeah, now that you mention it, I can't remember what they call it. Um, there's a lot of cool details that I love in this. Um, and uh, it, it she kind of freaks the fuck out and almost kills everybody in the bunker. She, like, is imagining – because it makes you relive your own memories as well as the other memories. So it's like your worst memories can kind of take hold of you because they're just in your face at that very moment. Yeah, it's almost like like some kind of hallucinogen where like you lose control and you're like sucked into like a nightmare. Yeah. Like whatever the nightmare is is like your worst memory. You know, like most traumatizing time. And so like she wasn't prepared for it. And like it kind of right. took her over and she's linked with another dude in a giant killing machine. And they're like, get a hold of yourself. Uh yeah, it's mind blowing. And, uh, so she gets, like, kicked off temporarily, and, uh, he gets, our main guy gets a slap on the wrist that everybody's like, I fucking told you, bro. And then, um, like, on the side, uh, are, like, two mad scientists find out that you can meld brains with a fucking alien, or, I mean, with a monster, and everybody thinks they're quacks, so our dude, I should, I should bust out some names. You know who I'm talking about, the guy from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, I don't know his name. I know um, Ron Perlman is, like, the rich guy. Uh, Idris Elba is the general. Uh, Charlie Hunnam is, like, our lead Jaeger controller. Um, What is that guy's name from Always Sunny? He's hilarious. Uh, So, yeah, we got Idris Elba, Charlie Hunnam. Uh, Rinko Kinuchi, she's Mako. Charlie Day, that's his name. Charlie Day. Charlie Day. He's our main, like, scientist. He's like, I can meld with the, the monster brains. And he, do- <laughs> he does it, and he, like, looks fucking awful. And, uh, he realizes he learns a lot about them. And he's, like, kind of exposing weaknesses and shit. So, he goes on a massive side quest to get a more fresh brain like a better monster brain to do it that scene is like one of my favorite moments in the movie it's because there's like of course there is a black market for kaiju parts yeah of course because they're like these rare interdimensional monster aliens and we're killing them relatively successfully so what happens when a freaking 10-story monster dies 
like it doesn't just go away like that carcass is there and people are yes. harvesting like bones and hearts and eyes and teeth and all this crap and there's a black market for it and that scene where they go him and ron perlman <laughs> i love it <laughs> oh uh he, yeah, he... sorry i hijacked your moment oh no you're good uh i love the part where he's like uh, I had I could go do this thing or this thing, or I could sell uh, kaiju bone powder for five hundred bucks a pound. <laughs> <laughs> it made a lot of sense. Um, so they eventually get their brain and they find out some crazy shit. So the plan, even though they were defunded and even though none, nothing has worked before, the plan is to go to the the breach itself, get into the breach, and of course. The solution is nuking everything always is to nuke the inside of the breach because it's like a wormhole. And if you nuke the inside of it, it'll make the thing collapse, disabling the monsters from coming back in. Uh, trying to get my charger. That's it's fine. Not happening as quietly as I wanted. So what did he learn from melding with the monster? Uh, I remember because I know there was a moment where he came out and he was like insane for a second. Yeah, he so the first time it was cool. He learned that uh, the monsters were being cloned for like war purposes. Um, and he learned that they have done this for a long time and they kind of just like invade planets, suck up their resources and then move on. It's kind of kind of like the Independence Day guys. Yeah. That's like one of the only reasonable explanations for something like that. It's like this isn't a phenomenon like for Earth. It's like this is a culture of things that has been around for a long time. Yeah. We just happen to be next on the list. Right. It's a pretty uh, good storyline, I think. Yeah, I, I could do more of that. Like it's always going to make sense to me. Yeah, I'm we want to feel special. That's what it is. I I think maybe we're not. <laughs> <laughs> there are far better places for aliens to fuck up first. Um, so they go on this crazy uh, last mission. Two robots, our main guy, the girl, and of course the captain has to be in on the fight. And then uh, this other random dude. And the robot fights are, fights are so sick, dude. Like fucking guns and missiles and the cheesiest part of the movie, but which is also my fucking favorite, our main guy and, and girl are uh, in their crazy sick nuclear robot. They're pulled to space by a flying version of one of these monsters. And all they've tried everything. All their weapons are fucked up. And he's like, it's over. We're all out of weapons. And she's like, we have one more. And she like hits this button and it shows a sword on the screen. And she hits it and they... Straight up Power Rangers moment, form the sword. And yeah. She, For my family! And then she cuts the, the wing off. I was like, this is so bad, but I love it. I love it so fucking much. Oh, so good. Uh, it's just a, a really intense, good pop. I mean, I shouldn't even say intense. A really entertaining popcorn movie. I wonder if the actors ever read parts of the script like that, and they're like, do I have to say this for my family? Really? Like, do I have to scream that at the top of my lungs? 
Can I think it, maybe? I don't know. You know, only a few of these actors were, at at this time, it was a 2013 movie, I think some actors were more popular than others at this point, and a lot of these main actors were not that famous at the time. And I I bet they were juiced to take that fat paycheck, because this movie had a lot of money behind it, I think. I think it did. Because it was like, it it seemed like a sci-fi movie, like a sci-fi channel movie, but it was released in like every theater. So it had money in it. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, Now I kind of want to watch the second one. Have you seen the second one? I didn't know there was a second one. (laughs) Really? Can we watch that together? Yes. Uh, And it has uh, uh, Finn from Force Awakens from the new Star Wars movies. No way. Yeah, he's the main guy. John Boyega, that's his name. Oh, nice. He plays like the the leader of the new squad of the Jaeger pilots. Uh, yeah, so my movie was about robots fighting big monsters. The, the kind of thing is fucking perfect right now when you just need some something entertaining, not heavy on the mind. Yeah, that's fair. Everybody needs that sometimes. So, good uh, choice of movies, and uh, I would recommend this shit. I love that movie, so you don't have to recommend it to me, but for the audience, it's uh, it definitely a good popcorn movie, like you said. So, on to Reservoir Dogs. I'm so excited for this. This movie's so crazy. It is. I had no idea what it was about. And again, like I knew it was a legendary movie. Yeah. But I've just never seen it. So I was like yeah, really pumped to watch first, it. Right? Hmm? It's not his first one, right? No. Okay. I don't think so. It's it's close to that, I think. Uh yeah, it came out in ninety two. Hold on real fast while I figure this biz out. Oh my gosh. Looks like Tarantino's first movie was My Best Friend's Birthday. What? Seriously? Yeah. What the hell? Uh, But apparently he's like known for how little movies he makes and he he has like only 10 because he like knocks them all out of the park which is crazy yeah he spends a lot of time on that shit so reservoir dogs is interestingly enough it's basically a heist movie but it's yeah movie where we never see the heist and that was like so sick. it was by design like he didn't want us to necessarily know the details of the heist because mm-hmm. an important part of the movie is that essentially the story is this crew of guys get matched up together by um like a boss to go pull a job and the job goes very wrong. There's a huge like police ambush, apparently, and a, a few of these guys basically shoot their way out and go to the rendezvous. 
And the majority of the movie is them at the rendezvous location, like arguing about who the rat is. Yeah. Obviously, the police could not have known about this unless somebody told them and they were there waiting for us. So who did it? Who told on us? What the hell? And it's like them fighting amongst themselves trying to figure it out. And it's like everyone trying to be sneaky. Like, well, you were doing this. Well, no, I had this and I was doing this thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, how did you escape? Like, you don't have any bullet holes in you. Like, well, how did you get out? Maybe you're the rat. And like everybody's pointing fingers and yelling and there's a guy dying in the corner and they're like, that guy can't be the rat because somebody shot him and I saw it happen. So it's got to be one of you guys. And like in between these moments of yelling, we get some history on each of the members. And it's I like this about Tarantino movies is they're like done in a much older style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the you know in the middle of an argument the screen will flash you know mr white and then it will (laughs) go into that character like you know days or weeks before the heist and like it's just conversations like that's that was all their code names right like mr white mr pink yeah they were all colors so it was mr white mr pink mr orange mr brown mr blue um and then there was a couple other miscellaneous characters that had actual names like eddie and uh joe and right stuff like that um one interesting so I, I read some trivia on it after the movie was done so the name reservoir dogs this is kind of um i guess there's two versions of the story and it's not necessarily confirmed but apparently tarantino was like in some producer's office and there was a stack of scripts that were like waiting to be read and like kind of at the bottom of the pile, so to speak, what? where they're like not, you know, not interesting or whatever. And the the label on the bucket they were in was called Reservoir Dogs. It was like last <laughs> resort scripts that nobody gives a shit about. No way. I kind of like that title. And like that kind of inspired it. Um, that's not super confirmed, but that was one that's of the That's a cool things story, though. I was like, that's awesome. Like, and that sounds like something he would do is like yes. this random ass thing. I kind of like the way that sounds. Let me make a you know million dollar movie on it. So sick. Another cool piece was this movie didn't have a lot of funding. Um, and Tarantino and his partner were trying to sell it and they were going to make it themselves um, like with them and their friends. and. Uh, one of the lead characters, Harvey Kettle, 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 um, like the main guy, Mr. White, yeah, uh, who also plays like the FBI guy from National Treasure, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, <laughs> apparently he joined the crew and was like, you know, I'll put five hundred grand on this, and uh, was you know like pushing it forward and giving it funding, but a, they got a lot of offers from other producers that were going to give it like millions of dollars, but they wanted to change parts of the script. And like one of the things was like, you know, it's a Tarantino movie, so a lot of people die. And yeah. the guy was like, what if, you know, at the end, everybody that we thought died was actually alive and it was a long con. And Tarantino was like, mm, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. 
and like all these random ideas like that that all the producers that were like basically waving money in their face they're like we'll give you this check if you do this and he's like mm, no i don't want to do that yeah i thought that was super rad i i love that he's like that it's so cool yeah like he wanted it you know to be w- what he wanted he created the story he doesn't want someone else coming in and saying i think this would be better he's like mm, i'm gonna do it my way i think that's why to this day if you see like any scene from any one of his movies you can immediately be like is this a tarantino movie is this a it tarantino? just feels like it it's so yeah. weird it's like a flavor almost or like a feeling it's a, you just feel it it's a tarantino movie yeah i don't know how to explain that and like part of me thinks it's like the cameras they use like i don't know if they use like certain types of film or whatever but like it just feels like an older like movie and the just i don't know man it's so weird but like when i was watching it especially what really sank it in as a tarantino movie for me was that the most of the movie happens in a warehouse like in one room of a warehouse and the movie is like an hour and 40 minutes and like the the vast majority of it is just dudes arguing in one room it really reminded me of saw actually i i love movies like that i feel like a lot of people probably or could get bored or like you know phone booth shit like that the exam all those i find those super interesting because you have to come up with something really crazy to keep someone in one spot exactly like it's it's got to be interesting and like grabbing but also it's like kind of realistic because we're literally just listening to these guys argue like as it happens so they you know two guys show up after this heist goes wrong so it's mr white and mr orange Mr. Orange is played by Timothy Roth, who's been shot so in the stomach sick. and was like dying. He basically puts him on the ground. He's like, hey, you're going to be fine. Like, we're cool. Mr. Pink, played by Steve Buscemi, comes in and they both start arguing immediately. Mr. White and Mr. Pink of like, there's got to be a rat. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, you know what happened? And they're freaking out. So, again, we don't know what happened. So we're learning about what happened based on their arguing and frustration. And then, um, shoot, what color was this guy? Mr. Blonde. Uh, Mr. Blonde comes in, and he's like this like handsome psychopath. Yeah. That, uh, in the middle of their arguing is like... <laughs> hey, you guys want to put your toys away? You're going to hurt somebody. And, like, you know, just <laughs> being the cool guy. And they're freaking out at him all of a sudden. And Steve Buscemi's vouching for him. And Mr. White's like, I don't really know if this is legit. So it, it's all happening in somewhat real time, which makes it that much more engaging. Because, yeah. again, it's an hour and 40 minutes, but it's, like, time that would actually pass. So, yeah, yeah. With with exception of the short flashbacks that we get of, you know, basically how each member got uh, pulled into the job, right? We see Mr. White knows this guy, Joe, and he's like, hey, I got a big score. It's going to be great. You want in? Yeah, you're in. Okay, cool. And then, like, we're back in the warehouse. 
Mm-hmm. And then it goes to like Timothy Roth, who's Mr. Orange, and it goes to his background story. And then it goes to someone else's background story. And so we learn how they all got involved. We don't know what they got involved in. And then them sorting out how it went bad in real time. And that's like really, really well done. So sick. (laughs) Quentin Tarantino plays Mr. Brown. And what's really fun. So he's only in the movie for a short minute. And he wanted to play Mr. Pink. So Steve Buscemi's part. He totally couldn't have, though. Well, I think he could have. It would have been fun. It was better that he did because it was a longer part because of the significance behind it. Exactly. And he's like, you know, he was really wanting to do it. And Steve Buscemi wanted to audition. And he's like, look, I want to save this part for myself. The only way you're going to pry this part from me is if you knock it out of the park when you audition. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. So he he killed it, obviously. (laughs) Um, And so, like you know, Quentin Tarantino plays Mr. Brown. And there's a scene in the beginning. I don't know when. When was the last time you watched this movie? (sighs) While ago now, like probably six, seven years ago. So the beginning of the movie opens with these guys all eating together at a cafe. Oh, I think the same one in Pulp Fiction, unless I'm wrong yeah i'm almost positive it's like a fucking tarantino verse which is so so cool to me it is so great it's unbelievable there was one scene where my eyes tricked me and timothy roth is like walking back and forth and he's swinging a baseball bat and for one second i thought he was swinging the sword and i was like no way (laughs) but it's the same bat i think yeah so remember when he's trying out the weapons and he he goes to a bat before he gets to the sword. Yeah. Um, he has a collection of weapons, and that sword is what the same sword that was used in fucking Kill Bill, and like all these weapons were used in other things. So crazy. Some of them was like in Inglorious Bastards for torture and shit. The, I love I love the detail and I love a uh, I forget the name. They're like apple. Apple something cigarettes, like, he has a fake cigarette name because he doesn't want to advertise anybody. Yeah, I think it is, like, Green Apple Cigarettes or Red Apple Cigarettes or something. Yeah. But, uh, oh, where was I going? Um, Oh, so in in the cafe in the beginning, it basically opens up with Tarantino, like, going on this rant about a Madonna song being about dicks. (laughs) <laughs> he's like if you listen to the song it's all about dicks 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 dicks, dicks. and he's like going on about this <laughs> when the movie was released madonna sent him a signed copy of her album and said it's not about dicks it's about love oh <laughs> 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 uh, i was like that's awesome that is so good i so i looked up some really good trivia about this there's a guy who plays Mr. Blue. His name is Edward Bunker. And apparently he was a career criminal. And wow. He was a little frustrated at the movie only because he's like, dude, if we were going to pull a job, we would not have breakfast together beforehand, especially with a bunch of dudes. I don't know. I'm not going to do anything with them anyways. But if we are going to work together, we're not going to be seen in public together before we do something illegal. That is pretty dumb. That's a good so, point. Like, that's pretty sweet that they, you know, had a, a career criminal 
legitimately in the movie. Yeah. The from the other trivia I read, apparently Tarantino created the cafe scene because Mr. Blue had no speaking lines and he wanted him to talk a little bit. So he he talks like maybe two sentences. They needed a way to get him in there. They needed like him to talk and then that was it. (laughs) Interesting. And that's also cool of him to like do that for him. Right? Like I want to make sure you have something here, man. Yeah, exactly. What, uh, Katie and I are watching Sopranos right now for the first time. And we found out one of the like gangster guys in the crew was in the mafia in real life. And Katie and I looked him up, and before he pursued acting and, of course, landed a mobster role, like, you look at him and you're like, oh, my God, he's a fucking mobster. He was arrested 30 times before. Whoa. (laughs) The role. Yeah. Insane. Um, And he's one of the characters. He's so good. Probably because he's being himself. I know, like, hey, I know you're a real mobster, but how would you like to make legit money? playing a mobster on tv for me like yeah okay i'll do it <laughs> I'm Tony. um so let me think like what i guess plot line wise did, did you know uh how do i put this when did you know who who did it and or or did you not know till the end I had a feeling about who did it. I There was a couple times where I switched my mind. I was like looking around and I'm like... First of all, I didn't know that there was for sure a bad guy. Like a single rat. At the beginning, part of me thought it might have been a con. Because again, I knew little about this movie before I watched it. Which Other is so than bad. the fact that it was legendary. Yeah. So like is this a con? Like, are they playing one person? So, like, maybe this guy's not really dying. Maybe these other people aren't showing up for a reason. Like, what's going mm. on exactly? So it's kind of, like, skeptical. And then when it got far enough along, I'm like, okay, maybe it's not a con. Like, maybe there is a single person at fault here. And then I started to think about who it was. Um, I, I will ultimately have to say I was not expecting it to end the way it did. I had a feeling it might have been the guy. It was like in a bad way or a good way. Like were you like No, oh. it wasn't a typical thing. Like I wasn't like, oh, of course it was that guy. Like it was well, good. That's good. That's good. I I kept switching around. Like who's who's who? Like part of me thought it was Steve Buscemi. Part of me thought it was Tim Roth. And I just kept going back and forth and was like, shoot, like what am I? What am I missing here? And then it was, you know, it's it's been almost 30 years. So it it was definitely Tim Roth, Mr. Orange. If you're listening to this and this is a spoiler, I apologize. Um, But Tim Roth is like dying in the corner. And the irony is that he was the cop. So like he's the one person that should not have been injured. Yes, exactly. When it goes to his flashback or, or it's one of the flashbacks, but it's concerning him. He gets shot by a civilian because they're trying to steal their car. And it's like, oh, right. of course it wasn't even in the police shootout. It was some it random so person. And where are they again? I feel Los like, Angeles. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like they're always in California, but that whole, like, 
shooting thing would make more sense elsewhere because not a lot of people here have guns. Dude, seriously, I was thinking about that. Like, again, I was one years old when this movie came out, so I don't know what the landscape was of L.A., but... Good point. Maybe people were just loaded to the fucking armpits with assault rifles and shit. I would like to think so, honestly. Like, I would like to think L.A. was a much different place when I was a child. Um, but who knows? But I definitely, like, I was taken by surprise when when Timothy Roth revealed himself. That's uh, a I'm glad. I'm very dude, glad. And that scene, there's some trivia I want to talk about about that scene, but what happens is they go, so what we find out is it was a diamond heist, and Steve Buscemi, you know, they, they were ambushed. Steve Buscemi apparently got out with a satchel of diamonds and dumped them somewhere and then made his way to the rendezvous. And he's like, I didn't know if we were followed. I didn't know if this place was going to be crawling with cops. So I dumped it somewhere. Once he feels safe enough, he takes a couple guys with him. And they're like, you and you stay here. You know, and they've, uh, Mr. Blonde, of course, kidnapped a police officer. (laughs) And that's like one of the first things they do is they pull him out of the trunk of the car and start like torturing him. So these other guys leave. And he's like, well, now I have the run of the place. So I'm going to torture you more. And he like, carves up his face with a razor blade and cuts so his up. ear off and is going to burn him alive. And that's when Timothy Roth is like, uh-uh, and kills him. Mm-hmm. So the trivia I have about this is that they filmed some of these scenes uh, as like a, uh, not a teaser, but it's like a... Um, <sighs> When you're like they, to try to sell the movie to get money for it, like what would you call that? Like a, like a, when you're like, trying to. Yeah, like, like if, I, if real. I told you like, hey Sterling, I'm gonna make a movie about this, and then I showed you some clips to sell you on the idea, right? Like what would that be called? God, like, like a like, sizzle reel or something. Sizzle reel, a, a demo, a promo. Yeah, like a promo. So they filmed some of the parts as a promo to get producers to fund the rest of the movie. They left out all of the gruesome, nasty parts. (laughs) People would give it money and then they could add the gross stuff later. (laughs) And premiered Wes Craven walked out and he later told Tarantino, he's like, you should take that as a compliment that I was disturbed by that movie. No by, by that scene when you're cutting the guy's ear off, I was disturbed by that. And you should you should take that as a compliment because it was very well done. Huge. Holy shit. Right? That is wild. That really cool. Um but yeah. There's so much good. There's uh, another one I'm trying to find right now. Uh god damn it. Looking, while you're looking, I'll give you one more piece of trivia. This will give you about 30 seconds more to look. So because the movie was so low budget, they didn't have a lot of options for various things that they needed. So like a lot of the actors wore their own clothes. Um, Steve Buscemi wore his own jeans. Like they didn't like he, those were his jeans. They gave him a cheap suit jacket. Um, The cars they used were the actors cars. Um, And the apartment that Timothy Roth uses in his flashback scene 
um, is actually a room above the warehouse where the whole thing takes place. And they just decorated it like an apartment for the shot. Wow. Like, it's like they use that same space and they're just like, let's decorate this a little bit different and uh, make it look like an apartment. (laughs) Jesus. Super low budget. God. And and, I mean, it just shows that you don't need fucking money to win. Dude, it's it's literally movie magic. Like, so many times, like, it's very rare that you'll see someone in a movie walk into a house and then in the shot when they're walking, like like you're on the outside and they walk into a, a house, as soon as the camera transitions inside, it's very rare that it's inside of the house you just saw the outside of. It's going to be a Absolutely. soundstage or a Absolutely. different house or whatever. It's like that never happens. So it's just that's yeah. the magic of movies. Uh Here's one. Uh, after Mr. Pink refuses to tip the waitress in the beginning, Mr. Orange rats him out to Joe. The character then the characters then spend the rest of the movie wondering who the rat is in their group. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I mean, me neither. When I first saw that, I was like, are you fucking shitting me? I so- did like that whole speech, though. That was so funny. Like, because I know, I know a few waitresses and waiters that are like post frequently about like how you should tip and like how you know yeah. these people work hard for their tips and all this stuff. And I agree with it. Like you should. Like they're paid like garbage and they sort of depend on tips. But <laughs> Steve Buscemi's argument is like you got to earn it. You know, I need if like you're getting paid by this place. If I'm going to give you extra money, it's because you've got to give me stellar service. And it's, yeah. it's just funny to hear both sides of the argument. <laughs> and it's something you've argued or debated with someone before. So you're like, oh, shit, we've been talking about this for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find this nod. Apparently there's another nod um, from this movie in Kill Bill. Uh, let's see. Kill Bill has a Reservoir Dogs Easter egg hidden in plain sight. Uh, this is one of those articles where, like, you expect to get the answer immediately, and then it says, so let me set off. I was born in Nebraska. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. Those clickbait articles, I know. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so annoying, bro. <sighs> No, I'm not even going to dig through that. I, that shit drives me nuts. But how did, how did you like it? How did you feel? I really liked it. Um, again, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what it was about. I knew it was a Tarantino movie, um, so I kind of knew there was going to be a lot of blood and like violence and cussing. A lot of use of the N-word, which was interesting. Um, but Tarantino's getting a lot of shit for that right now. Cause I guarantee it. Which fucking loves to say that. It's my my problem with giving him shit about that is it's a movie like these are characters. It's not like. And I guess I don't know Tarantino, so I can't really defend him, but any writer that writes something like that into a movie is like, this is how these people think. This isn't how I think. I'm not this guy. This is I'm setting up a world for you to to enter into. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the world that you're going into 
is full of corrupt criminals that are kind of racist and think less of black people. Like that's where you're going or, you know, whatever the case is, like people that are okay with, uh, you know, like selling tons of cocaine to children or what, whatever the hell world you're going yeah. into. It's like, I don't feel this way, but this is the, the story I'm setting up. So like if someone uses a bunch of derogatory language or grotesque content, like a lot of blood or gore or whatever, it's like, it's the story, you know? And yeah. yes, you could obviously design a story where that's not present and avoid the argument altogether. But that's, in my opinion, that's like ultimately kind of like a, a hushing of free speech and like a limit of expression. And, you know, like I said, like, obviously it's not necessary, right? You don't need to be like, you know what, let's have this guy say the N word eight times. It's like, yeah, you could definitely make a great movie without that, but it's, it's going to be a different movie. Like this, this happens to be the world that he wanted to set up and that's it. Like as long as it's necessary, you know, like if the dude said that, the, and I, I do agree that Tarantino movies, he says the N word way too much. Like it's, it's like he's getting, it almost feels like, he enjoys saying the word through them. He likes living vicariously through them because they say it so fucking much out of character. Like, I would imagine people in the South in Django said this fucking, you know, like a a couple times a day, whatever, because they were referring to black people in a certain way. But, like, it it was like every other word. It was insane. It, like, broke the record on the N-word. But if if it's like with these guys in Reservoir Dogs, where it's like, I'm trying to paint a picture of, like, this piece of shit. Like, I want you to know what kind of piece of shit this is. It's a, it's a little different to me. And if, like, you're not acknowledging that this guy's a piece of shit, then you're just like him. You know? Yeah. And I think it may not necessarily be him trying to live vicariously through the characters. I'm saying that, like, could be, like, what you feel it is. I'm not sure if that's oh, what he's well. Like, yeah. I bet what people think. I definitely think he likes making people uncomfortable. So like, I yeah. firmly believe that, which is, you know, a lot of gore, a lot of cussing, the N-word, or, you know, whatever other words. Like, he says dick, like, 18 times in the beginning. Like, yeah. it it just makes you, like, oh, weird. Like, I don't want to watch this movie with my parents all of a sudden. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the kind <laughs> of movie it is. And I think that probably gets him off a little bit, is, like, making you a little uncomfortable but it it does kind of set uh, a tone for the characters that you're about to be invested in for like two hours yeah absolutely um is is there another tarantino movie you haven't seen because i feel like that's an important list i want to see jackie brown oh so good I know. Let me think. I was just looking at these the other day. Uh, Where is this guy at? Come here. Tarantino filmography. That's what I'm trying to look up right now. Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, Natural Born. I don't know if I've seen True Romance. I haven't seen True Romance. No. Um, I haven't seen From Dusk Till Dawn. Stop Uh, it, bro. Stop. Wait, 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 wait. 
That's one of my favorite movies of all time, and you'll love it. I remember you telling me that. I have a I have a trivia fact about this too. The makeup artist that did the ear work in yeah. in Reservoir Dogs was the guy that did everything for Dust Till Dawn, and he wow. did all the makeup work for free in Reservoir Dogs, telling Tarantino, "I'll only do this for you for free if you agree to write and make a movie." like this and that was dust till dawn so you know what it's about i forget the guy's name uh it's a vampire movie right yeah so bro it's like a two-hour hertzman i think so it's like a two-hour movie and let's say for the first hour and 15 minutes there's no nothing to make you believe there's vampires at all and I didn't know this when I was watching this, and I was like, this is interesting. And then fucking over an hour into the movie, out come vampires, real hard, real hard. <laughs> I was like, this is the fucking greatest. <laughs> oh, it's such a sick movie, dude. You, you will love it. It's very, like, disturbing, makes you uncomfortable. Uh, is that George Clooney? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the Hateful Eight. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one, dude. The uh, Dust Till Dawn is uh, the beginning of that movie. Is the end of another like Tarant- Tarantino movie. Do you, you would what? imagine it to be. You would, like like I'm not saying that's an actual thing. Oh oh, I was like what? Soft is is kind of is kind of like Reservoir Dogs, where like it's after the fact. Okay. But that might be my movie next week. That's where the movie starts, and then it proceeds into another movie. If that makes sense. Um, hatefully, I I just didn't hear very good things about it, and I was really excited because that was the one after Django, right? And Django was fucking incredible. Yeah, I've only seen parts of Django too, dude. I guess, man, I suck at Tarantino stuff. You would love Tarantino, it. So, uh, Death Proof and Grindhouse, I never saw. I think you'll like uh, From Dusk Till Dawn the the most of the ones you haven't seen. Uh, and then Jackie Brown. Grindhouse is probably on the end. And I don't know about Hateful Eight because I haven't seen that. But I really like uh, Jackie Brown. I used to watch that a lot. Yeah, I've I've seen the poster like a hundred thousand times when like <laughs> looking through different movies and stuff. Like it comes up, and this is my like child brain coming out. And like if I see a poster that doesn't intrigue me, I'm like that movie's probably boring. Like, whatever. And so, like, the Jackie Brown poster, it's, like, it's cool looking, but it just looks like an older movie about something uninteresting. You're right. Like, there's no you know? gun. There's no explosion. Yeah, and, like, I admit that's very childish of me, but I see that, and I'm like, meh, later. And, like, I don't know anything about it, so I just pass by well, it. And then I'll see, like, Jason Statham literally doing anything, and I'm like, yes, play it. Bro, like, imagine all the people... That are judging fucking movies by their covers in Netflix right now, you know? Like, ah, not gonna watch that because it's an anime. Not gonna watch that because it looks low budget. Fuck that. Yeah, and I agree. Like, it's I'm definitely doing wrong by by thinking that way. Uh, 
No, I'm trying to make you feel better. I'm trying to say, like, think of all these other fucking people that are doing that. I think you're fine. What's really interesting to me is you brought up Netflix, and that, like, they've changed the game on, like, movie poster style. Like, yeah. Movie posters are normally, like, uh, you know, up right side up rectangles. So yeah. Like, and now they're all sideways rectangles which sounds really stupid when you say it out loud but like (laughs) if you saw a netflix style movie poster at the movies you'd be like that looks fucking weird like that movie poster um but that's how they're all labeled in netflix and that's like been like a marketing thing that people have to consider when they put their stuff up on netflix they're like we have to come up with art that fits this rectangle uh, and and people are like, wait, we've been doing it the same way for like fucking a hundred years. What do we do? How funny would it be if like Netflix did actual movie posters, like the way they, the size they are at movie theaters, and it just took up your whole screen if you clicked on it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. You and you like can't get off of it. Dude, I went and walked a site the other day. Um. And we were walking through a storage area, and somebody had four movie posters framed, stacked against a wall. The Ooh. top one was the Born Ultimatum. It was like a full-size movie poster, and I was like, oh, dang, look at that. That's rad. And I definitely want to rob this place. Uh, Yeah. Bro. I don't know what the other three were. But they were all framed, and I was like, "Dude, if nobody comes back for those, I'm coming in." Take they it. are mine. <laughs> I imagine you on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dude, the problem is right now is everybody's allowed to wear masks. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, and you're even applauded if you wear one, which this is good. Everyone should wear one, but it like it's creating a bit of a problem. It definitely is creating a problem. A lot of people steal things, and it doesn't look suspicious because they're all wearing masks. <laughs> you walk into a bank with a mask a year ago, and you're shot immediately. If you walk into one now, you're applauded for being an upstanding citizen. Um, dude, so I have this uh, big, like, it's like a mural. It's not even a poster. It's like a big fucking huge painting of the first three Star Wars movies, so four, five, six like kind of all together and it's humongous it's huge and uh, i bought it it was like the first stupid purchase i made when i was making money on my first job in high school or something i got it when i was like 16 or 17 straight up and uh i realized like this week that i bought this thing at a blockbuster oh <gasps> yeah. yeah isn't that crazy <laughs> dude why isn't that behind your couch uh oh god because katie took this amazing picture of somewhere in france and then we had it like professionally blown up for free just because they liked the picture and then uh she took that yeah isn't that wild oh i thought you guys bought that at target no she took it oh you can't replace that with star wars and the star wars one is big but not that big it's like traditional movie poster versus netflix poster Oh, oh, I was thinking it was like 
like a long, huge uh, Star now, Wars poster. Uh, bed bed frame or whatever, or his back his backboard wall. Oh, rings episode somehow. We missed that. What was that? We missed Sean's bed, his room with the Lord of the Rings map of you Middle. Mentioned it. I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You like how I get mad at myself for doing something I did? How did I not do that? It's like, I bro, I got you. Uh, yeah, it's just so fucking sweet. I should do that of, like, this, this Star Wars universe. Except I'll never get away with that because I have a wife. No, you could do that. In a room in an abandoned house somewhere in the Midwest. You can come to my place. Boom. I'll take it. Um, Dude, I got a lot of wall space here. If you want to put it up, you got to you got to do something cool on these walls. That's our kind of that's our future, our past and future studio. Dude, I'm gonna steal those movie posters from this property. Oh yes, I used to get the sickest posters when I worked at the movie theater. Oh my god, they used to just hand them out after the movie was done. I'm so jealous, dude. Like. I, I after I saw those posters and I was like, damn, like somebody just has those sitting in a storage unit somewhere that they're never going to use. Uh, it made me think of like, should I go and buy some of like my favorite movies and like put them up? Ooh. And I thought really hard about it. But remembering that it, my frame alone cost a hundred bucks I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. Frames are often the most fucking expensive part of the whole thing. Yep. I can get a movie poster for like 20 bucks. Yeah. Frame, $100. It's if I did so that a few times, good. it's like 500 bucks down the drain. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, should we use the movie generator again? I feel like that was fun. Dude, we definitely should. That's a really, it's a really good shout out to Zach Pat. Uh, like a, um, uh, a randomizer that's just like, what am yeah. I feeling? And type in these parameters, boom, movie. Like, it's a great tool that we all need because we spend, I, as much as I would love it, I would also hate it 10 times as much if somebody told me how much time I've wasted looking for a yeah. movie to watch no, rather thank- than watching movies. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't want to know. But it's a, it's a really fun tool. Uh, but what I think I'm going to do for next week, if that's fine with you, unless you have other plans, I want to mm-hmm. watch From Dust Till Dawn. You know what? I love that. I love that plan. Well, then, can you pick uh, another category for me on the generator? Yes, I will do that. I will okay. send you I something like else to watch. This kind of came from the generator. It spurred off of the movie you watched. It did. It kind of counts. I'm so excited for you to watch this movie. It's so fun. I'm pumped. I feel so bad because l- like almost all of last week was me watching Lord of the Rings, whether Fallon watched <laughs> it or not. And then we had like a day of together time. And then sure. yesterday it was like, hey, I'm going to watch this movie that you have zero interest in. She's like, sick, I'm going to be in our room. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> I feel so bad. Do you have a monitor that you can work with, like at work, like for your job, like an no, extra I monitor? Just use a laptop. Because if you had one of those, 
you could slap it on in the background or something and kind of well, TV right here. Oh, that's the play. So you like maybe do it while you're working. Here's my problem. I have to like watch the movie. If it's on in the background, I I will either miss all the important good stuff or I'm not going to work. My laptop mm-hmm. will be here and I'll just be like this, just staring, staring at the movie. <laughs> I did this when I first started to work from home, I was like, I need something in the background. Let me throw something on in the background. And I put Netflix on and I'd be working and then I'd go like this and just look backwards. <laughs> and then, like seven minutes would go by and I'm like, oh, so sorry. And then I just keep working for like two seconds. And I'd be like, wait. <laughs> and then you know, I, I kept doing that. And that's why for a little while I was watching shows in Spanish because I was like, oh, I'm not going to know what's happening behind me, but it's noise. It's yeah. Noise. Yeah. Things happening behind me. But then even that got interesting. <laughs> imagine like if you do this and after 48 hours you're speaking fluent spanish (laughs) dude serious like that's it's what it felt like like things would happen i was like wait maria (laughs) just hell to it no gustavo (laughs) oh like so fun to like shut down the tv like permanently and like i'll have music on or like podcasts sometimes but like even though i listen to podcasts during the day for like menial tasks i'll i'll notice myself pausing it all the time for phone calls and Mm -hmm. when i'm like writing an email and i have to focus on like what i'm saying like i'll be listening to something and i'm like yeah whatever i'll be writing and then i'm like i can't think pause and then i'll write my email and it'll be good and i'll send it and then like a few minutes will go by and I'm like, it's super quiet. Oh, I forgot to push play. And like, I'll hit it. And then I'll be working again. And oh. so like, I just, I go off and on all the time. But like, I suck at separating, like multitasking, I guess. Yeah. I I think I'm the same way. I'm going to try to tune shit out. It's a little difficult because not only do Katie and I both work in here, but like, this building is also our job. So, like, there's things in the building that are distracting, and I don't know. I, th- I want to get better at that. I want to be so better at working from home. Do you guys both work in that room? Not this room. Oh, okay. So, Katie takes this room because she's a counselor. Some of her shit uh, needs to be confidential. So, she has the ability to close the door and, like, be private in here. Um, and I work kind of in like the dining room, um, which is way, way better for me. Cause like, I like the light and I don't mind the noise and, uh, it could be open. Like Katie can walk in and I'll be talking to somebody and it completely doesn't matter what I'm talking to them about. It doesn't have to be secret. Um, but you know, just trying to adapt, trying to adapt. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. We bought Fal a desk. Oh, where is it? It's in our room. So, like, it's against the window. And, like, she created an entire office space in our room. That's cool. Like, we laid down several hundred dollars on her own office. You need it. We didn't think we would need it, but this has gone on so long. She's like, I can't sit at the dining table anymore. Like, I need a space. So we just bought her the shit. We, like, bought her a cool... Her desk is rad as hell. Like, it's really cool looking. Um, and, Sick. like, got her her own stuff. 
to to be an office at home and i like that it's awesome mm-hmm. and it makes me nervous that at some point in the future her office might be like yeah you're not allowed to work from home anymore you have to come in where it's like maybe she you know not necessarily just specifically her but like anybody in america that's in the same position where they're like they have to work from home and now they've purchased uh you know somewhat convenient items like maybe they bought their own desk maybe they bought a better monitor maybe they bought a mouse you know all the stuff they've invested in their home office to be proficient at their job from home they should be able to just keep working from home there's no reason to go back yeah dude she's saving so much money on bart me too bro it's i don't doubt it do you notice in your checks like absolutely when you get a paycheck absolutely. and you're like "Ooh, i'm saving hundreds of dollars a month well i know i know by like the day before payday like i'll like i normally have an amount like ranging two to four hundred dollars that i try to stay within and then i'm like towards the better end of that at the end of each month and i'm like oh because i'm not spending fucking 200 bucks a month on bart and like all this other shit, like spending money on lunch in the city. Like, I think I think more expensive than Bart is like living and doing shit in the city. Are you guys door dashing a lot? No, uh, we eat out at least once a week to support our fucking restaurants because we're scared they're gonna go under. But we don't eat out any more than that. Nice. Um, well, like, I guess it fucking varies, man. Like, cause this, this last weekend, it was Katie's birthday weekend and we went buck wild. Um, and like, we won't eat out. Like if we do, uh, like big grocery trips, um, so we don't have to go back for like three weeks. So we don't want to like go out and waste money if we have food at home that we can make. So but like towards the end of that, when it's like the end of the three weeks, we might eat out like a couple of times. Yeah, that's we've been getting a lot better. And when I say we, I mean, Fal has been getting a lot better yeah. at eating leftovers. Because um, I'll eat anything in the fridge, dude. And I like I grossed her out super bad. This might gross you out, too. I'm so ready for this. So like I eat nachos like with leftovers. So. If we make, I don't, I don't know, some some kind of meal, whatever it is, like it's literally anything, whatever meal it was for dinner, and we have those leftovers, like she doesn't want to eat those anymore, and they're left to me. So like I'll eat, you know, leftovers for lunch, and then we'll have dinner together, and then I'll have more leftovers, and I will use those leftovers on top of tortilla chips and just cover it in cheese, and like that's nachos to me. God damn, I guess it totally depends on the thing. So it's, dude, it's everything. Like, sometimes it's just random-ass vegetables. Sometimes it's chicken. Sometimes it's steak. Sometimes pasta. Like, whatever like, the fuck. Just literally anything. Nacho just... pasta? I've actually never done a nacho pasta. Oh, I was going to say chicken, steak is fine. Maybe vegetables? That's a little bit of a stretch. I've done might vegetables be, a lot. Might be sacrilege to some, but like it, when I connect the synapses, it actually doesn't sound that bad. 
It's not like it's usually broccolini. Like that's like Bruce. my favorite vegetable of all time. And we'll so have like a bunch good. of broccolini with like usually steak or tri-tip or something. Yeah. And then sometimes there's some spares and I feel bad throwing them away. So I'm like, just keep them. And then like later on, I'm like, dude, I'll just cut these bad boys up over some chips, put some cheese on it. Boom. Broccolini nachos. And, um, we discovered, I discovered over a couple days, mind you, like we had a bunch of leftovers that she's never going to eat. So I'm like, dude, I have to eat these for lunch. And every time we'd cook them up, like it would, the, the house would smell a little bit. I was like, dude, what is mm. that? The cheese was going bad. <gasps> and I was just like, eating it. And I was like, I smelled the cheese. I was like, I think this cheese is bad. I'd still use it. <laughs> like my stomach's made of cast iron man like i don't i don't have any issues with that like it wasn't bothering me physiologically you know what i'm saying like no problems i was just like it smells funky in the in the hallway for a minute but i was eating bad cheese and one day she's like did you take your shoes off it smells out here (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no i think the cheese is bad and she's like you mean the cheese you're eating right now? Like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, huh? She's like, starts to throw up. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, yeah, I think this cheese is bad, but whatever. It's fine. And she's like, throw it away. Throw it away right now. <laughs> Holy shit. That is amazing. That's just where we're at with COVID times. Not going to lie. Oh outside of covid yeah uh it's it's getting just crazier and crazier out there my friend um okay so you got yours you're gonna do dust till dawn and then you're gonna give me a little list do you want me to give you a list yeah i'll give you three um based on the randomizer yes i'm so pumped to use that shit again Dude, do you want to set your own parameters? Do you want to do that really fast? Yeah. Uh, me tell me what these parameters are. You Google it while I look for my wedding ring that I just dropped again. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking vanished, bro. Oh, boom. Okay, hold on one sec. Okay, random movie generator. Okay, whenever you're ready, I have the... the uh, Criterium in front of me. Uh, this is hilarious. He's so for those of you not really watching because Jesus. we don't have a YouTube channel, he's searching for his wedding <laughs> ring frantically on Skype. It is gone. It's just completely vanished. Anyways, I'm I'm ready. Do I'll you buy remember another. when that happened to us at Dan's? At the yes. bar. Yes, and it was behind the fucking bar. It was behind the bar. That was hilarious. I, I have uh, like the rubber rings, so I fucking play around with them all the time. And I've lost three, and I am on my fourth. And I buy them in in uh, pairs. So now it sounds like I'm gonna have to buy another pair. Dude, what Go. if you just bought like a steel ring? I see. I 
have heard this before. I don't think that's the solution. I think I'll still fiddle with it, play around with it. I think that's why I got the rubber rings originally because I can't, I can't stand to lose a, an expensive ring. Well, I think a steel ring would be relatively inexpensive, but it would also have some weight to it, and maybe like you'd keep it on your hand because it's like, mm. like heavy. I definitely see the appeal of a rubber ring. It's but dope. then, but then that's like restrictive. And like I, I don't like. I want to lose my ring and not worry about it, like I am right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real solid plan you have. I don't want to worry about it, like I am right now, freaking out, <laughs> sweating in my office. I, uh, I, life is full of fucking responsibilities. I don't need to add a ring to it. That's true. And it's a, I think, a kind of an antiquated concept, like wedding rings. That's from such a long time ago. I don't need a ring. Like, and I would have felt bad because I only paid for a very small portion of Katie's ring in comparison of what you could because she wanted her uh, her grandma's engagement ring. So I only had to buy the wedding band, which is a, f- a fraction of the cost. So I would feel really bad if she spent money on one. And I was like, don't spend any more than 30 bucks. And I then, get that. That's fair. Bam, she found it. Uh, oh, what are my uh, parameters? Sorry. Okay, so there's a couple different things we got. We have genre, subgenre, decade, streaming provider, average rating, and runtime. I've got an idea. All right, so set all the parameters you can to help you get to uh, Dusk Till Dawn, and I'll watch the movie it pulls up instead of that. Ooh. And if okay. we um, if we land on that, hit uh hit it again so we do a different one. Okay, give me a second. Give me a second. Let me see if I can figure this out. <laughs> so let me know when what you need. What would you say the average rating would be between so, zero and a hundred? Seventy-two. Perfect. Sorry, there. What? <laughs> okay, hold on. I broke. Did you already it. do it? I, I, okay. So I set this genre for horror, subgenre action thriller, decade uh-huh. nineteen ninety through nineteen ninety nine, average rating of seventy one, runtime unlimited. And it said, sorry, there are no reviews to match those categories. What? Okay, so uh, what genre would you say Dusk Till Dawn is? Uh, I mean, fuck. Yeah. It's, I don't... What the hell is this? It's probably more horror. That's what I would assume, being vampire. Fantasy? No. Dustal sci-fi genre, not sci-fi. It says horror. Okay, it's just horror. The most so maybe the subgenre isn't an action thriller. So subgenre, maybe nothing. Maybe just say all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interview with a vampire. Ooh. Comes up first. Dracula. Comes up second. Okay. 
Scream 2 comes up third. Dude. Uh, Scream 1 comes up fourth. Wow. Okay. I could work with that. I feel like Interview with the Vampire is a really good movie that I haven't seen in a long, long time. Do that. That's like legit vampires, and yours is like fucking bloodbath, uh, fucking machine gun yielding, chainsaw yielding vampires. Wow, that sounds way cooler than I was it's, expecting. It's way cooler. Mine are all sad, talking about how hard it is to live forever and how hard it is to be a vampire, and yours are like, I'm going to fucking eat your dick, dude. I'm going <laughs> to That's way cooler. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you a, a way out. Do you want to do Interview with the Vampire or that one movie with Ethan Hawke? Uh, Daybreakers. Oh shit! I love that movie. You want to do that one? I, what? Yeah. Why do I get this way out? Because for whatever reason, when I thought of uh, the other one, Daybreakers came to mind, and that scene where he's like pouring his brother the good stuff when it's like pure blood. Oh, out of the wine bottle. Yeah. Shit. It's like I, I don't know. I feel like that would be cool. Dude, yes. I will I will gladly watch that again. I fucking love that. That'll be way more entertaining. Boom. So I guess next week's is vampire movies. Holy shit. I inadvertently we landed on vampires. Yes. yes. Happy about that. Oh. Alright, dude. Are we polished up? Yeah. Are we out of here? I think so. We can jump back on if you want. I just got to pee and find my ring, and then I'm ready. Nice. Okay, well, for those of you that are not going to join us again, uh, this has been the Alex and Sterling Watched It Podcast. This is Alex. This is Sterling. And you can reach us if you want to comment on the episodes or give us uh, recommendations or comments or whatever the hell um, on email, aswspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ASWS Podcast, or just Google Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff, and we will be there. Or you can call me at 415-488-5031. 415-488-5031. That's right. Now we cheers. Cheers! Vampire movies, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm very excited about that. All right. Good night, America. <laughs> I don't say that. I don't. That's not a thing. I don't say that. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>